Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. to that as manifestation goes I am the living word can you say that I am because we are the body of Christ if Christ is we are I am the living word wow Think about how that speaks. To you. In your situation. And as you encounter people. I am. The living word. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 13 through 16. Can you give me a little bit more volume? Hallelujah. And before I read the scripture, uh, there is a, a meeting of all volunteers uh, after worship today for vac Vacation Bible School. The, there's a need to meet all, with all people who volunteered. We also, but we also need people to uh, tear down the, the chairs in the sanctuary and prepare the the classes uh, for teaching. I, I will be preaching at one o'clock at Red Hill Baptist Church in Leeds, South Carolina, Chester County. So I won't be able to stay for a long time after worship, but if anybody wants to join me this afternoon, I would appreciate your presence. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? <clears throat> it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light sign before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Are we not hearing good in the sanctuary? Okay. Uh, uh, we want to use for a thought this morning, God's change agents. God's change agents. Say, I am God's change agent. If 
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Release a fresh anointing of your spirit. Allow me to minister under your anointing. Cause us to hear under your anointing so that yokes are destroyed and burdens removed from our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God's change agents. The Bible teaches us that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed, we're to be changed by the renewing of our minds so that we can test and we can approve what is that good uh, and perfect will of God. Amen. It also teaches us, as we've just read, that we're the lights of the world and we're the salt of the earth. It teaches us, as we focus on and contemplate the Lord Jesus' face, that we're being changed into his image with ever-increasing glory. It teaches us that we are ambassadors of Christ and that the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us, meaning that we are to engage in the ministry of, of bringing a disconnected, disjointed, lost humanity back into relationship with God. We are. We are. Amen? We are. Say, we are. Say, I am. Amen. I am to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can test and approve what God's perfect will is. Amen. Say, I am the salt of the earth. I am. I am the light of the world. I am. I'm not darkness. I'm not darkness. So I don't act like darkness. I don't talk like darkness. I don't live like darkness. I am the light of the world. I have a ministry. That ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. I have a responsibility in my home with my wife, or if you have one, or my husband. Amen. With my children. I have a responsibility to reconcile them to God. Amen. We're witnesses for Christ in word and in deed. Not, we're witnesses for Christ, not just through the spoken word, but through the demonstrated word. Amen. When we look at the body of Christ, just, just, just look, at, look at the early church in scriptures. 
Their testimony was not just in word, but their testimony was in deed also. Amen. Amen. Take, for, take for instance Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions uh, to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple court. So who met in the temple court? The believers. But who else met in the temple court? The other Jews met in the temple. So these group of people met among other people who are not followers of Jesus. Every day, it says. They continued to meet in the temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying and enjoying the favor of all the people. All the people there is not just talking about believers. They had such a testimony that they enjoyed the favor of all of the people. And the Lord added to that number daily those who were being saved. So their lives, their lifestyles, the way they carried themselves demonstrated the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, after the, after the Ananias and Sapphira incident, Recorded in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, the word says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all of the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns and around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. So even though Ananias and Sapphira had fallen dead because they lied to the Holy Ghost and people were afraid, at first, folk were scared to join them, but their testimony was so powerful that other people, the people started joining them. Not just in word, but in deed also. Now, sometimes when we think about, some of us, uh, we think about, um, we think that personal change takes place in our lives for us to live right, and it does, and go to heaven when we die. Uh, and, 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 and when we hear some of these scriptures, we think only in terms of the miracles, signs, and wonders that the apostles formed to draw, performed to draw people to Christ. But there is a higher good that must come because of the change that takes place in our lives. All right? Transformation is not just about you. It's not just for our personal benefit. It will benefit us personally, but it's not simply for our personal benefit. I, I have been changed not just for Alfred Jackson. Are you understanding me? It's not simply for me to align myself with God so that I can live a better life. 
And the Bible demonstrates that it's more than miracles, signs, and wonders that draw people to Christ. All right? People still want signs and wonders. Amen? But signs and wonders don't always happen every day. You live every day. Amen? You are a sign. You ought to be a wonder. Are you listening to me? Amen. You ought to be a message. Amen. 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 It is the transformed life of the believer that becomes a conduit to draw people to Christ. Amen. Transformation in our lives comes about so that we can be agents of change in our families, in our communities, in our state, in our nation, and in the world, and ultimately draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ. People have to see us. People have to see us living as Christ in the world. That's why, thank God for that, that song. And as, as we were singing, the Spirit says, you are the living word. We say Christ is the living word, but Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ lives in us. Amen? Amen. So we live out Christ in the world. I have to live out Christ with my wife. She has to live out Christ with me. There's no disconnect there. You understanding me? I can't be in my house beating my wife and saying I'm a Christian. I can't be in my house cussing out my wife and saying I'm a Christian. Are y'all hearing me? We can't be in constant turmoil all of the time and say we are Christians. It doesn't add up. Amen. Because it's difficult to be in, <laughs> to be in conflict at home Amen. And then be peace in the world. It's difficult. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way, as salt and as light, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Salt is not only a preservative. Salt is a change agent. Salt is a change agent. Amen. Cook some food without salt in it. And then cook some food with salt in it. And see how it tastes. Salt changes the taste. Amen. Now you don't need to be over salty. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oversaltedness hurts you. Amen. Just like self-righteousness hurts the body of Christ. Self-righteousness is oversalting. <laughs> Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It, it, it adds salt adds flavor to food. Salt makes food edible. Jesus said to his disciples uh, that said that his disciples were the salt of the earth. 
They were, and we are the agents of change in the world as we demonstrate and speak out our faith, leading people to him, to his kingdom, and to his way of life. We are. You're not just a Christian just to be a Christian. You got to have some fruit in your life. Amen. You must have some fruit. You got to produce something in your life for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God. Amen. He, he says, we're the light of the world. What does light do? Light illuminates. Light illuminates so that people can see. Amen. And we talk about all of the stuff that's happening in the world around us. Well, some of that stuff is happening right in our own families, right in our own, in our own homes. Amen. But Jesus said, you are the light. You are the one who should be illuminating. You say, well, they, won't, they don't want to hear me. You turn the light on. Whether people want to see the light or not, the light is on. Amen? Amen. The light is on. There's no sense in arguing with the light because it's on. So you be on. Don't be off. Amen. Regardless of what other people say, regardless of what other people do, you're the light. You illuminate the way. Amen. So people are able to see. Being able to see one's way present, prevents accidents. I know all of us experiences, have experienced times even in our own lives. We don't need to talk about anybody else. We can talk about ourselves. In our own lives, there have been times, even if it was when we were younger, when we didn't want to listen. But our parents didn't change because we didn't want to listen. The light was on. Amen. The standard in the house was the standard in the house. Mom and daddy didn't stop talking. Amen. Some, today, some people, some people, I don't know, you know, you can't be afraid of your children. You can't be afraid of speaking truth. Amen. You got to know what truth is. Amen. What is it with Christians today that, 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 that we have, we, 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 we want, we want to compromise. We want to be liked by our children and by our friends. Let me tell you something. My daddy didn't care whether we liked him or not. He was still daddy. Amen. I had issues growing up with my father. Amen. Because I thought that he loved my older brother more than he loved me. That wasn't daddy's problem. That was my problem. I had to come to the knowledge of the truth. Because daddy whipped him just like he whipped me. And I had to see for myself. Amen. I had to see that my parents didn't change that standard because we didn't like it. I had to see it. So even with our children, you know, we can't be afraid of our children. We can't be afraid of speaking truth, amen, being light, even if they want to be darkness. We can't be afraid on our jobs, in our communities, to be light, even if people want darkness. Somebody wants light, amen. And we have to be who we're supposed to be, amen. You cannot stop being because people don't like you. You can't stop being because people don't want to hear what you have to say. Amen. The Bible says preach the word in season and out of season. Amen. When they, when they want to hear, when they don't want to hear you. Amen. Amen. Preach the word. That's what we were taught when we were younger. Preach. Amen. Whether they want to hear you, whether they want, don't want to hear you, there will come a time when people will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap up teachings according to what they want because they have itching ears. We live in that time now. 
And we've been living in that time. But we have a responsibility to be light in the midst of darkness. We are lights. Amen. We illuminate the path to truth and right living. We do. We illuminate the path to truth and right living. Amen. The path to God. In a world that has been infiltrated by the powers of darkness and seem to be controlled by the prince of darkness, Satan himself. Now, in these verses, we're challenged. First of all, we're challenged to maintain our saltiness. Amen. This basically means that we're to maintain the essence of who we are in Christ Jesus. Because if you lose your saltiness, you're not good for anything but to be just like dirt. What do you do with dirt? You walk on it. This is what Jesus said. This is not my gospel. This is the Lord's gospel. He said that if you lose your saltiness, you're not good for anything but to be cast out and trampled under the foot of men. So we're challenged, saints, not to lose our saltiness. Now, now we're in the midst of warfare every day we live. Amen. You got to remember when things are not going right, when you are being attacked, amen, whether it's attacks that come at home, whether it's attacks that come with your children, whether it's attacks on your jobs, don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose the essence of who you are. You got to know who you are. You know, you can't be, <laughs> you, you, you can't be like, you know, you get pushed against the wall and you come out swinging. Get pushed against the wall and speak the word of the Lord. Amen. Get pushed against the wall and let the light of Jesus shine out in your life. Am I talking to anything truth this morning? I would say, am I talking to anybody? I'm talking to y'all. But is this the truth? Amen. Amen. We're challenged. We're challenged. We're challenged. Amen. You can't lose your salt. If you lose the essence of who you are, if you lose your saltiness by going backwards, by going back into the world, by becoming weak, by becoming ignorant, then you can lose your saltiness by becoming ignorant. What do you mean? You don't know the word. You don't get deep. You don't search the scriptures to see if, 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 if the preacher's telling you the truth, you don't search the scriptures to know for yourself. You know, there are times when you're not going to be around someone who can speak the word in your life. You got to be, you got to know the word for yourself. And when you know the word, when you study the word, the Holy Spirit is going to bring that word back to your remembrance in the time of need. Don't, 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 don't be ignorant of the word of God. Don't be a sin practicing individual. Amen. We are not good for anything if we are, but to be cast out and trampled under the foot of people like, just like dirt, because we're not fulfilling our purpose. Not fulfilling our purpose. We're not fulfilling our purpose. We're challenged to be as a city on a hill that, that is built on a hill. City is built on a hill that cannot be hidden because it's light. Uh, 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 Gives light to all around. Just think about. Think about if you are coming south to Charlotte. Charlotte sits higher than Rock Hill, I believe. But if not, there are places you go in the world, you get images of you're coming up to a place and you see the light that shines all around. Jesus said that's what you're supposed to be. When people are coming to you, they see your light. They, they see the essence of Christ in you. 
said it cannot be hidden. He said, we don't, we, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. You light a lamp and you put it on the lampstand so that it gives light to all that are in the house. Your light has been lit and Christ lives in you so that people can see the light of his glory in your life. Why do they need to see the light of his glory in your life? So that they will, will see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. That's, that, that, that's what we're challenged. We're challenged in the scripture to do this and to be this. So, so the Lord, the Lord was just dealing with me about this the other day, and he said that, that you know, as salt and light in this world, we are to be his change agents in this time and this space that we're living in today. A change agent is someone who promotes and enables change to happen within any group or organization. And in the context of this message, in the world, we are to promote change. We, 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 we are not to, to just compromise and be like the world. We're to promote change. We are we're to promote and we are to, uh, uh, to effect change in any group or organization in the world. Amen. God, as I thought about this, I thought about the fact that God is larger than any group, uh, any organization. He's larger than even any local congregation. In fact, God established his church to fulfill his mission of reconciling the world unto himself. The only way we are going to do this is to see ourselves as agents of change. You got to see yourself. When I say ourselves, you got to see yourself as an agent of change. Now, you know, we talk about young people and peer pressure, but we forget that that's been going on a long time. It's been, it didn't just start in this generation. We like being like other people. That's a problem. We need to like being like Jesus. We need to like being like Jesus. We like the patterns of the world. You know, we, we, we watch television and, and then we adopt patterns, but we should be watching the word and adopting a pattern from the word of God. Mm. Yeah. So, so the Bible, is, the Lord is saying to us is that, the, that, that, that he has established his church to fulfill his mission in the world and to live it out day by day. We cannot be like, we cannot talk like, we cannot act like people who do not know Christ and affect change in their lives. No way. No way. You want your children to change? Check your conversation. Check your conversation. Check the way you live before them. You, you can't tell people, do as I say. You got to tell them, do as I do. You got to be. You got to be. And you cannot afford, you cannot be afraid of being before them. You cannot be afraid of speaking truth before them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we can't, we can't. There are conversations that we should have. There are words that shouldn't come out of our mouths. 
their behaviors that we shouldn't engage in. And we know this. All of us know this. We know it, and sometimes we just don't do it. Just don't do it. And then we expect change to happen in other people's lives. Well, change has to happen in us first. We're his change agents individually as we, as each of us live out our lives every day. The way we live should be a testimony to the change that he and knowing him has brought in our lives. Amen. Amen. You see, it is in our everyday lives that we encounter and engage our spouses, if we have one, our friends, our children, our grandchildren, other family members, friends. Every day, every day you're encountering people, our, our, our co-workers, amen, uh, our students, if you are a teacher, uh, uh, on your job, whoever you work with, every day you are encountering people. Your teammates, if you play sports, every day you are encountering people. The Lord says you're to be change agents. Every day. Every day. Amen? As we encounter and engage them as they interact with us, they should see, they should hear, they should experience Christ from our lives. Every day. Is this making any sense to anybody? I know this is not new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. I don't preach you any new gospel. Amen? Amen. But the issue is not whether this is new or not. It's whether we're practicing it or not. Amen. 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 Yeah. People need to experience Christ. They need to experience Christ in us. We're change agents. We're change agents individually. And we are change agents as a gathered community of faith. Amen. It's not good enough for us to gather and worship because those on the outside can't see us worshiping on the inside. So it's not good enough for us just to worship God on the inside. Our worship must inspire us to go to the outside of the building as the body of believers and demonstrate the love of Christ, the justice of Christ, the peace of Christ, the joy of Christ, the transformation of Christ in the world. You know the value of studying, uh, 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 of studying apologetics and in particular urban apologetics is so that we can be agents of change for people who are being beguiled and led astray from biblical faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to challenge the beguilers on both sides of the fence so that people come to the knowledge of the truth and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's not just for a few of us. That's for all of us. And we're not getting knowledge just to have it. We're getting knowledge so that we put it into practice. So we got to learn how to put it into practice. Because you're going to encounter people. We're going to encounter people. You know, I understand, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of instances, you know, because I said, Lord, you know, um, you know, we're not talking about love, joy, and peace, you know, and the things that we generally talk about in church. We're studying, we're studying some rudiments of the faith that, that we need to know. And somebody might say, you're acting like uh, uh, a Bible school. Guess what? That's what we are. 
your Bible school. And your students in the school. Now, are you passing your test? Are you learning? Are you able to reproduce what you're learning? Are you taking that much interest in which? Because people are being beguiled. People are being beguiled on one side of the fence because they're, they're promoting the idea that, that Christianity started out of Europe and they painted Christianity white. Every image you see of Jesus is white. Theologians that they listen to and that they push are Caucasian. We're being, they're, people are being beguiled on the other side of the fence because they're saying that this is that that that, that your that, that, that your faith needs to be tied to your ancestors. They're saying that you're serving a white man's God. And 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 in the middle, the people that stand for the truth needs to be preaching Jesus Christ. Amen. Him crucified. Dead, buried, raised from the dead on the third day, provided salvation to all who will come to him and need to be finding value in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's what we're supposed to be doing. I know people are going through sickness. People are having trouble. People are in the midst of warfare. But in the midst of it all, saints, we got to be able to preach Jesus. Amen. In the midst of it all, we have to be able to stand and be light and be salt in this world. Being salt and light doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. Being salt and light does not mean that you start when all of your problems are over. Because if you live in this world, all of your problems will never be over. So if you're going to wait until trouble is over to preach, you'll never preach. If you're going to wait until sickness is over to testify about Jesus, you will never testify about Jesus. Are you understanding me? If you're going to wait until the devil stops attacking you, you will never be sought in light. As we were praying for the nations this morning, and I was just praying and I said, Lord, the, the, the testimony we see in the scriptures is when the church is persecuted, that's when the church spreads. That's when the church grows. Amen. We may not want to be persecuted, but persecution does something for the believer. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but I also want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. If you are a believer, you got to want to know Jesus in the fellowship of his suffering. You just cannot want to know him in the power of his resurrection. So what you're going through? Be salt. What are you going through? Be light in the midst of it. Amen. Don't think you're going to wait until it's over. Because after this trial, there's another trial. After that trial, there's another trial. After this affliction, there's another affliction. So God says, be salt. Be light in the midst of it. You, our ages have changed. People need change today. They don't need to see the ordinary. They don't need to see the mundane. They need to see Jesus. The value of outreach ministries that the body engages in. You see, now we also live in an age of individuality. So, you know, we like doing individual things, but we are the body of Christ. 
So I have to rein in my individuality. Amen. And I have to connect with the body. Amen. And I have to be a part of the body. So there's nothing wrong with doing your individual thing. But this is not about you. Amen. It's not about your reputation. It's not about your popularity from that perspective. Your reputation is important. It's not about your popularity. It's not about you getting rich for yourself. It's about the body of Christ. The value of outreach ministry that the body engages in is so that we, the body, the church, the gathered community of faith can encounter and touch those who don't attend worship and or may not believe in Christ and demonstrate Christ, hallelujah, as the body of Christ to them. There's value in the body of Christ being demonstrated to the world. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The ecclesia was to call out gather believers. The church gathered together in the, in the temple in the midst of all of the people and all of the people saw the church. It wasn't just Peter. It wasn't just Paul. All right? It was a church. It was a body of Christ together. It wasn't just John wasn't just any one disciple, but it was the body of Christ. So even though people engaged in individual ministries, it was the body that was important. I was listening, I was listening to, to a, a, a preacher the other day, and this is old time. This is, this is somebody preached this back in the 80s. Uh, it was in Azusa. It was at the Azusa Street Revival. And uh, the preacher was saying, yeah, he said, yeah, we got it. We got gospel singers, singers today. They're not connected to any church. They're not connected to any pastor. They're not submitted to anybody. He said, but that's not the body. That's not the body. That's not what God has called us to be. He's called us to be the body. And so, saints, when we call, when we call for an outreach, it's, it, for the body to come together, it's important that the body comes together. Amen. Maybe not all of us at one time, I was blessed to see the, the testimony of the outreach. And you say, well, we just went and we just organized the building at Path. But your presence, that's a minister presence. When we were in Dominican Republic, we were building a building. But our presence was there. So that everybody could see. Amen. They could see the joy on our faces. They could experience us having fun as we were mixing cement by hand. They could see us in, engaging the young people and talking and laughing. Amen. And that was a young man who had a chicken farm that was down the road uh, below where we were working. Before we left that, that young man had accepted Jesus as Savior. There's a ministry of presence. When the body comes together, people just don't need to see you. They need to see the body sometimes, saints. So when we call an outreach and we say everybody, that means everybody. You may not be able to participate this time, but you got to see yourself as engaged. You got to see yourself as a part of the body. And I can't get there this time, but the next time Bishop calls when I'm going to be in it. The next time somebody else, and it doesn't have to be me, saints. We've got to see that we are the body of Christ. And when something that's been sanctioned by the body of Christ, then we engage in it as the body of Christ so that the presence of the body 
The ministry of the body is seen outside of us coming to worship. Because nobody on the outside can see us today. Only we see each other. Mm. Our goal, our goal always too has to be to, dem to demonstrate Christ. What we do is not for a name. It's not for a name. We demonstrate Christ. We're salt and light to those who don't know him. To those who don't. I'm all, I've been so impacted by, by, by that rendition of John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh. John says, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. But the religion said, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. So are you Christ in your neighborhood? How do people experience you in your neighborhood? You just stay in your house like most people do and never speak to your neighbors. Never engage your neighbors. It's time for us to start having cookouts and invite our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, it's time for us in our neighborhood to let people see Jesus in us. Is anybody in the sanctuary today? So it's required of us, saints. It's required of us to move into the neighborhoods in York, the neighborhoods in Rock Hill, Lancaster, Gastonia, Charlotte, Hickory Grove, Sharon, Blair, wherever, as a corporate body engaging the hurting, Engage in the dispossessed. Engage in those who are marginal in society. Engage in the lost, the lame, the sick, the homeless, the demon-possessed, the powers that be, and be Christ in their midst. Doing what Christ did, saying what Christ said, and being who Christ was. So the question is, the question is, how do we who've been appointed and anointed, be? So that's a strange question. We don't. Well, yes, some of us know the answer, but some people don't know the answer. Let me tell you, how, how, do, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you be a change agent? It starts simply with a personal, growing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Church membership is not enough. Can you say that with me? Say, church membership is not enough. It's not. You realize that a lot of people have equated church membership with Christianity? It's not the same thing. I remember years ago talking with a young man. He said, I would join you all's church, but y'all don't have a cemetery. I said, what? Well, you know what he was thinking about? He was thinking about having somebody to be buried when he was dead. Uh, Y'all looking straight at I'm telling you, I would not lie. That was a conversation. <laughs> I said, D -d 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 being a follower of Christ is more than being buried. Just get an insurance policy. I mean, you could, and you could even go pay for your plot before you die. So your family doesn't have that to worry about. As a matter of fact, since I said that, we're going to do some final, 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 
final planning stuff because folk need to know. If y'all don't have life insurance, get life insurance. Now, that's, that's a sidebar. I don't know anybody here who doesn't have life insurance. But if you don't have life insurance, get life insurance. You young and you working and you think that you ain't going to die, you're going to die. Don't leave your family worrying about how they're going to bury you. You don't have life insurance. Even to be burned up costs money today. And we don't live in a country where you can just go dig a, dig a hole and put you in the ground. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Too many people today just don't have life insurance. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Amen. That's a sidebar. Church membership is not enough. Just because your name is on a church roll somewhere, amen, does not mean that you are making a difference in this life. You have been saved. You are saved. You come to Jesus so that you can be a change agent. Amen. I know many of us are trying to be that in our lives, but there are some of us who only are living for ourselves and we're not concerned. But you are a Christian. You are a born again believer to be a change agent. The scriptures mentioned earlier speaks to this. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Church membership alone does not renew your mind. It doesn't renew your mind. Church membership doesn't do it. Amen? Amen. It, a life submitted to Christ, a growing faith in Jesus Christ, amen, starts changing you, transforming you, so that you are not like the world. Amen. The Bible is clear. We are salt and light. Amen. We, we make a difference. There's a difference in our lives. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Learning his way. Learning his standard. Amen. Learning his word. Learning his purposes transforms our minds. And we're not doing that. We're not being transformed. We're not being transformed. Oh, I'm better than I used to be. Well, thank God you're better than you used to be. But where are you today? In relation to the standard of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who are you? Who are you? Amen. 2 Corinthians 2.18 speaks to it. It speaks powerfully to this process of change. It says, but we all with uncovered face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into his image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. You know what that scripture is saying? Is that as we are in the presence of God, we've been saved now because you can be saved and get out of the presence. As we are in the presence of God, as we are worshiping him, as we're beholding his face, as we're beholding his beauty, as we're beholding his holiness, as we're beholding his righteousness, as we're contemplating him, Holy Spirit is changing us. If you're not in the presence of the Lord, Holy Spirit is not changing you. He's not changing you. Television may be changing you. The internet may be changing you. Your friends may be changing you. But Holy Spirit is not changing you. So it starts with a personal, growing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Personal. And it continues as you, as we understand Christ's purpose for you or for us in this world. To understand your purpose, 
understand his purpose. To understand your purpose, understand his purpose. Why did Jesus come in the world? What did he do while he was in the world? He challenged systems that negatively affected people's lives. If you read in the book of Matthew, I think it's, it's in chapter 5, Jesus said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. So you know what your system says, but this is what I say. He challenged systems. He challenged systems that negatively affected people's lives. He went to the well that day. He was not just saving a woman. He was not just encountering a woman, but he was challenging a system. A system of discrimination. A system where, where, where you had one group of self-righteous people looking down at another group of people. Jesus challenged systems. If you don't know what your purpose is, look at his purpose. Because his purpose is my purpose. His purpose is your purpose. Look at his purpose. Amen? Amen. 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 He challenged thought patterns. He challenged thought patterns that negatively affected people's lives. You remember when he met that woman, that man at the pool of Bethesda? You know what that man's thought pattern was? I need somebody to put me in the pool. Because every time I get ready to get into the pool, somebody steps in before me. Jesus said, ah, do you want to be well? Change the way you think. You don't need anybody to put you in the pool. I'm on the scene. Stop thinking you got to have some physical person. Thank God for physical people who will help us. But we have help. Oh, what did they just finish singing? Uh, the, he's my helper. Your helper. Your helper. The man you helped has come to worship you. The man you helped has come to honor you. Let me tell you something. If you don't have anybody, you have the Lord. If you don't have any physical person, you have the Lord who is your helper. Changes your thought patterns. That's what transformation is. We have grown up and we've developed thought patterns growing up. If you, are, if you grew up in a negative house, you grew up with negativity in your mind. If you grew up in negativity, can can go in a whole lot of different ways. That's why it's so important for born-again people who have young children to speak the word, to be positive to their children. The word of God is positive. It's not negative. The word of God is spirit. The word of God is life. And when we learn to speak the word of God and, and, and as God adds value to us because we're created in this image and his likeness, then we add value to our children. Amen. Because we speak life to our children. We speak the word of life to our children. That is spirit. That word, that is spirit and that is life. And then that word can begin to take root and eventually manifest in their lives. Reality is, you know, people say, well, Bishop, you act like folk don't get upset. You get upset. Let me go a little bit further. You do get upset. Don't you? But there's a mandate on our lives to be change agents. By his agent, by his change agent, be his change agent in your family. 
Things can't go as usual because you are in your family. Are you hearing me? Things cannot go in the norm of society because you are in the family. So when other folk get together for the family cookout, even if they're drinking beer, no beer should be on your lips, not even a can in your hand. Bring you another cooler. Yeah. You can't be fighting. You can't be fussing. You can't be cussing. Because you've been changed. And you're God's change agent. Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 26. I wonder if you ever read it. Oh, you read it. It says, if you get angry, do not sin. And do not allow the sun to go down while you're still angry. And do not give a foothold in your life to the devil and in your family. Do not let unwholesome words come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs. My goodness. According to their needs. So maybe you don't need help right now. But maybe I need help right now. So you got a responsibility to build me up. Are you listening to me? I'm speaking to families right now. If you're living by yourself, then practice it when you feel down. Speak life to you. Amen. So when you feel like kicking yourself, speak life to yourself. Practice speaking life. Because one day you're going to come in communion with somebody else and you're going to have to speak life. But you know, big challenges when we're living with somebody else. You know, and sometimes married people don't realize that, you know, who our neighbor really is. That's where the challenge is for those of us who are married. Yeah, because some things can happen that can throw you off track. But you pay attention to a person's needs. And it says, it says, build others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And it would only say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God with whom you've been sealed into the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness. Get rid, rid of rage. Get rid of anger. Get rid of brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because as you understand your purpose in Christ, there's no place for that. There's no place for it. You are the living word. There's no place for it. No place for it. So next time you get angry, ask the Lord to bridle your tongue. No, before you get angry, ask the Lord to bridle your tongue. Because when you get angry, that tongue needs to be bridled. That tongue can be like a, like a fire. Like a forest fire. That tongue, what you say, Amen. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. 
I ain't talking about nobody who's called me. I'm talking about everybody. I'm your pastor. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. What I preach to you, I have to preach to myself. So I said, Lord, bridle my tongue. I just sing that song. Put the bit in my mouth and the bridle around my tongue. Words that you say hurt. And it's no, you can say I'm sorry, but you already said it. You already did the damage. And we're supposed to forgive and it go. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. So we forgive, but the damage has been done. You know, when you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, the Lord is forgiving God, but you've already sinned. You've already sinned. And unless the Lord has mercy on you, that's consequences for your sin. So when I look at Jesus, I see my purpose. I see my purpose. See, if you want to see your purpose, look at Jesus. There's a mandate on our lives to be agents of change in this world. I was laying on my bed last night and I just saw something uh, uh, on somebody's Facebook page and it says something about change. Spirit said, change agents. My people have to be change agents so that you make a difference wherever you are. You make a difference wherever you are. So be a change agent in your house, in your family with your wife, with your husband, with your sons, with your daughters, with your grandchildren. Be change agents. On your job, in the grocery store, the Lord's going to bring you in contact with somebody who's going to cross your path the wrong way. How do you respond? Be a change agent. The people see Jesus in you. We've been anointed. We've been appointed to be his change agents. He sent us into this world to be his change agents. Jesus said to his disciples, as my father has sent me, even so I send you. God sent Jesus to bring change. Seeking and saving the lost. He sent us to do the same thing. Let's try every day. Every day of our life. Challenge yourself to be agents of change. Be who God has called you to be. Get rid of this stuff, but that's just the way I am. The Lord can change just the way you are. Because your child needs to see change in you. Young people need to see change in the community needs to see Tabernacle of Praise in the community as change agents. Regardless of what they said about us, we have to be who God called us to be. So that people will see his glory and glorify him through what they see and experience out of us. 
Is it difficult? Just like everybody who say it's hard to forgive. How many of y'all ever said it? Don't tell, don't answer me. People say, it's hard to forgive. How can I forgive? God forgave you. You have help. Forgiveness is more for you than it is for the other person. Be who God called you to be. Agents of change, like salt and light in this world. You've been hurt. Be an agent of change. You've been misused. Be healed and be an agent of change. Somebody else has been hurt. You're sitting under the word. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He will heal your hurt so that you can be an agent of change in someone else's life. You've been talked about. Be an agent of change. Don't talk about people. Believe the word. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. So don't, 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 don't repay evil with evil. Be an agent of change. Repay evil with good. With good. How can you do it? You can do it. Because the Lord has changed your life. And you're growing in him. You see your purpose. Because you're looking at Jesus and you're seeing Jesus' purpose. Let me tell you how easy it would be for us to come every Sunday and just dance and shout and have a good time. It would just be so easy. We just play the right music and we hit the right keys and we say the right thing. Let me tell you how difficult it is for us to come with a solid word and teach you what thus saith the Lord and challenge you in your walk with the Lord. It becomes difficult because people don't want that. And you're challenged. Every week I'm challenged, Lord. Lord, give me one of those fiery sermons. Preach like those old preachers preached. Preach and you sweating. And you spitting. You take your coat off and one of the ministers come and grab your coat. People are standing in their bricks, preacher. Running a patch on your back. And you finish, and you got to go put your coat in the cleaner if you want it to smell good the next week. So you're, you're spending extra money. But all you did was excite the people. And there's no change. The Lord wants you to change. You're in a Bible school. Take advantage of it. You're being taught. Take advantage of it because the Lord wants you to be an agent of change where you live, where you walk, where you encounter people. God wants you to be salt and light in this world. So when people encounter you, they'll see Jesus. Stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, 
It will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Lord, I pray for the one who has an ear, that they will hear what you say to your church. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood of Jesus shed on Calvary for the remission of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for the body, your church, in this world. Help us to be salt and light, agents of change, to bring flavor, to bring change, to bring illumination, to bring correction, to bring truth in the midst of the darkness that's all around us. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name. Draw someone to you today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So if you're here today and the Lord has challenged you with his word to be the person of change that you have not been and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord and to his purposes for your life. If you're in the sanctuary, just if you would come down front so we can pray with you. If you've never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, maybe you've been like on the fringes and you've been hearing the gospel, you, you sense an, an urge to give your life to Jesus, but you've not yet made that step. Today is that day for you to make that step. Commit yourself to Jesus so that you can be who the Lord has ordained, created and ordained for you to be. He didn't create you for yourself. He didn't create you for the devil. He created you for the praise of his glory. He's, he's called you to be an agent of change in this world, not just, not just uh, a worldly change, but to change people to know him, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today, if you're here, come down front, along with those who will come for prayer this morning. If you're watching us online, you want to give your life to Jesus. He's calling you. He is. He's been speaking to you. He's been ministering to you. So you're not just hearing this and you're not just getting this urge. The Spirit of the Lord is drawing you to Him. Will you respond today? If, you're, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe that you died on the cross so that I could be saved. You, you satisfied God's righteous requirement so that I could be accepted by him. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. Lord Jesus, come into my life save me from my sin be my 
Savior. I give my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, thank you. I receive you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of faith, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, for the person who took that step of faith, prayed the prayer of faith to come to you in faith. You said in your word, as many as received you, to them you gave them the right to become your sons and your daughters. So as that person has accepted you by faith, thank you for saving them according to your word. I pray now for them. I pray to God that you will draw them close to you and help us as we help them in that new walk of faith in you. Thank you, Father. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.